This episode of the Book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast has been brought to you by our sponsors at Sweet Cheetah Publicity. Sweet Cheetah is a PR collective that values people over profit. They put a different spin on public relations by working primarily with friends and using all profits to aid charitable organizations. With a roster that includes Jawbox, The New Amsterdam's, Brainiac, Get Some, Funeral Date, Damien Dunn, and many more artists, record labels, and podcasts. Sweet Cheetah. That's a great PR cohort. You can find them on social media by simply searching Sweet Cheetah PR, and they'll be there. He's been Tim. I've been Peter. And Sweet Cheetah has been beautiful. I would. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast. I'm your host, Peter, and I am still here. And tonight, I give to you part two of my continuing discussion with Dave Neesmith. I told you all about Dave's storied and lofty discography, all of which is available on Love It Records. Tonight, we're going to concentrate on the great Bats and Mice. Bats and Mice are back with a new record that is coming in the very near future. But for a special treat tonight, I have a clip of their new song from the forthcoming record. Space Race is the name of the song. I'll give that to you in just a moment. If you love what we do, you know what to do. Tell a friend. Share my stuff on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, rate me. Review me. Subscribe to me. Wherever you listen to podcasts. Give me a little comment on YouTube. Whatever. I would appreciate it. And it helps us keep the wheels turning here. Bats and Mice were easily the most melodic turn in all of Dave's bands. The most emotionally jarring. The most intellectually provocative. Um, There's so much going on in these records and... I don't think my discography would be the same without Dave Neesmith. I really don't. Everything that I own uh, would be incomplete without his works. And that is the truth. I also want to just posit this question to all of you. Um, Since I cover so many artists from so many different spheres of the musical universe as it were who would you like to hear from on this podcast if you have any ideas any any inklings any artists that you really love that i have not yet interviewed or focused upon please reach out to me on instagram facebook wherever you follow me at 
I am very receptive. I answer all of my direct messages. And uh, let's get together and cook something up. I'm here for you. Without further ado, I give to you Space Race, the new track by Bats and Mice, and Dave Neesmith on the book of Very, Very Bad Things Podcast. I grew up on a farm. I was on a horse farm. My mom is a riding instructor. My dad was a country lawyer, you know, so we were out, you know, I had nothing to do. And, um, yeah, once my dad retired from the Marines, he went to law school and then, you know, I'm just in the middle of horse country, <laughs> Northern Virginia. Yeah. And I, you know, spent a lot of time on, on my own, doing chores on the farm and you know like i think like that's why we we actually have a farm now we have i've got uh, you know I, a farm here in north carolina and I, that's why i want to give to the boys is like this and there i don't do any screen time with the boys like there's just completely i'm just like go out hang out with the chickens hang out with yeah. the goats like you know and they're they're you know thriving in that yeah, I want to give them that sort of experience of, you know, you, you, the other thing, yeah, so the, I mean, to be like my ethos about punk rock and everything too, which I think you seem like you're right in tune with, yeah. is you can do whatever you want, be whatever you want, and, and, it should be that way and be accepted. Um, but I am like a person who likes a whole wide range of music. Yeah. You know, um, but I, and I remember like, you know, cause I was, um, I was an angry young kid too. 
yeah. who was like so angry and writing you know a little more political songs and you know my rap band was very political but i remember sitting there being like you know what all this anger that i'm feeling it's making me just feel worse and i could spend the rest of my life doing positive helpful <laughs> things for people yeah. and i could never even get to that anger part before I've helped everyone. Like, you know, I was, you know, doing volunteer work um, in you were college really, or whatever. You were doing it. You weren't just yeah, yeah. And talking just about like, it. Yeah, I could do all this work and I never will get to the part where I have to be angry about it because there's so <laughs> much, so much that we could help out there. And it's the same thing with, I feel with punk rock because like, you know, um, I was raised under the positive force kind of ethos. Fugazi, just, you know, like such an inspiration. But, you know, like Ian Mackay would be like, you know, like, hey, I don't have any sort of um, like the, the Grammys. Not the, I mean, the Grammys just happen and they are interesting. But, you know, there is a certain amount of like, that is not the goal of, you know, what we are doing, you know, like the, it's a different, like, we don't have to make that as being the part of what we're doing. Like we're, we're doing this because we are making a, um, you know, nothing against the Grammys or even being a part of it. And that's the whole point. It's like, I don't want to have any sort of negative, like there's so many punk rockers that I've run across in my life that have like a negative, like, Oh, screw mainstream culture, screw, screw, you know, all this, you know, I'm like, if you don't like, <laughs> you know, if you don't like something in mainstream culture, make your own scene. And that's that, that was the point, right? Like yeah. that, that yeah. was what, what, kind of like in my opinion what made uh hardcore so different was because we not only were did we have a problem with the way music was being presented mm. we presented an alternative and yeah. that that's the that's the get right that's the big point to it all like mm -hmm. not just being pissed off about the status quo but presenting an alternative to it totally uh, uh, yeah. uh you know being proactive and just like you're saying about like having owning a farm uh that's my wife and i our dream is to do the exact same we've been working toward that awesome. uh doing yeah. something self-sustaining and mm -hmm. also like being animal rights activists like like creating a space where animals who are exploited abused have a refuge awesome yeah you know, yeah you know what i mean yeah. and and that's not just talking about it but being about it yeah exactly people, people say that as an adage like don't talk about it be about it but truly living it and 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 giving or putting forth an air of of inclusivity within the confines of your own belief system is what makes punk yeah punk yeah rock. exactly yeah you yeah know? totally and i would rebel i remember like uh, any sort of conformity in punk rock 
I would rebel against. Like I remember like Maximilian Colby played a show in DC and I um, like just had a mustache and then I wore fuchsia sweatpants and then I, I put a, a spatula on a chain as like my spatula chain wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, because we're supposed to be different. You know, we're not supposed to all wear white belts or whatever it was the, the punk fashion at the time. And I showed up at the show to play and Bob was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, and it, then he started laughing and, you know, and then we had this wonderful show and, you know, like, I think like, you know, that's like, I, you know, the whole, like, so like, um, simple machines, it was like a label in DC Yeah, and they had, what band was that that had the song, um, punk, punk means cuddle, oh, know, God. um, Jenny Toomey's band whatever it was was it that wasn't huggy bear right no no some i can't remember the name i feel so bad but they yeah i mean but that's the ethos like punk is cuddle you know like <laughs> like um you know like it you should and that's what jmu was like too like like you know hey let's all get together screw like i don't know like john and i used to joke in in rob Ross and you know, we we would joke about we're going to start our own art movement called rejectionism, and rejectionism is all about inclusivity. <laughs> like, <laughs> rejection and rejectionism means you don't reject anything. Anything like, and so we're just going to have this, you know, like art movement that was like, hey, let's just have everything is allowed. You know, <laughs> where you know, like all these art movements are like, oh, this one thing. You know, and yeah. but rejectionism is all about like everything. And but, you know, because all this stuff is. It, it, I mean, it's a wonderful I mean, it's been a wonderful life, a wonderful experience. I, you know, I wouldn't trade it anything of this. But the one takeaway is like, you know, you can't um, make it be one thing you know yeah. otherwise it is stagnant i mean i'm i'm so it's like the nice thing you said about like sleepy time that it came along and did something different like i feel like i've i've done that with a lot of my bands you know like i've oh, never yeah. been and the other thing like when rob Raz was done like i started playing drums with this band sweatpants yeah. you know <laughs> and you know sweatpants is like a is is like a punk rock um warren zavon like or like bruce springsteen band like like you know well, like warren's warren zavon was definitely the 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 closest in my opinion just because lyrically speaking warren was an absurdist yeah. and 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 uh, a true poet like as oh, much I as i love yeah. bruce springsteen i love warren warren oh my god yeah like excitable boy like <laughs> rub the roast on his chest excitable that's an boy, amazing record said, yeah right like uh yeah send lawyers guns and money oh my god that is like my dad always is like that that's about you because he's a lawyer <laughs> yeah <and> he's like 
I want to play. I like, I have a dream one day of like showing up in the driveway of my parents' house and playing that song for him. <laughs> there's, there's something about Warren Zevon that has, uh, uh, an air of contrarianism. Yes. That really exactly. speaks to me. Yes. Right. Yeah. So true. And then the emotional aspect, because Vera Cruz is, it'll rip your heart out. Yeah. That yeah. song, that song is just Vera Cruz and Carmelita. Those yeah. two songs, uh, there's, there's something about it that like he's bearing a, a very mm -hmm. specific aspect of his soul. Yeah. That, that is, that runs very counter to the people who you would normally think would listen to a Warren Zevon record. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you what, know? like, I mean, I, I think I get like, like the goofiness of what I do. And then the, also that passion heartfeltness, you know, because I've like, I've, there's things that nobody would ever, like I have a whole acoustic set. That's like a funny acoustic set mm -hmm. that I played out. And then I have like, um, like I, I probably drive my friends nuts because <laughs> I don't do social media and I, I just send them songs all the time. Like I've sent them whole records. Like I probably sent them, I sent them a record about soup. Like I just did, <laughs> I did tomato soup. I did black bean soup. <laughs> and I like just kept sending them these songs. And then I, um, what was the other one? Oh, I did a whole record that was like, instead of men's recovery project, it was you guys restoration program. <laughs> and then all the lyrics were just you guys. So I just sent this whole record that was just you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it's stuff that nobody but my friends will get to listen to, but I just love doing it because I like, that's like I, you know, and, but, the, but then, yeah, like for the new, for Vats and Mice, you know, it's like this heartfelt thing yeah. for me. I'm as heartfelt. Max Colby is heartfelt. Like, I I mean. Max Colby is very heartfelt. I think yeah. of every uh, project you were involved with, Max Colby is the most uh, emotionally austere because oh. it, 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 it starts from a very baseline place like uh, – you hadn't really seen the world yet. It's coming yes. from right, like you know, a very uh, a youthful place, a very austere might not even be the right word, but definitely like just seeing the world and really despising what you'd seen and reacting to it. It's a it's a reactionary uh, musical project in in yeah. that in that way because. Like you're just like, oh God, I this is not what I wanted from adulthood. Yeah, yeah. And I that's such a good point. And and you know, Drew just texted me and a friend of ours just suffered a loss. And I won't I don't want to go into details about it, but like yeah. um he Drew texted me that he um he said that our friend just walked around the neighborhood and listened to New Jello. Like, mm -hmm. and I was like, this is what 30 years later, I don't know how long now is it? So 93, yeah, Not 93. So you're, you're, yeah, that's 30 94. years. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this, this is helping him. And 
and I was like, actually, Drew, maybe we should, maybe we should do something. I don't know with it. I, I have no idea, but you know, I don't, yeah. Don't put that out, but <laughs> right. But, but yeah. like 30 years yeah. ago, 30 years yeah. ago, I was 17. You were in your early twenties. Yeah. Like yes. there, maybe it doesn't make sense to you in your mind because you know, you were in a different place then. Yeah. But, but, but what you'd written will resonate throughout the ages because it, it it's documented. It's all, it, it already happened and it mattered. So it will continue to matter. That's the beautiful thing about having a recorded document of mm -hmm. what you'd done and it mattered then. So it will matter now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was interesting. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Like it, it's when we recorded it too, it was, it was in Richmond and it was with this guy who was just like this rock and roll. Like we didn't know where to record we don't know how to do stuff <laughs> yeah. so that was before we would go record with people that were like who knew what we were doing and he was just like what are you guys doing and then he got into it it was awesome because <laughs> he was just like oh it was great and then i had my um uh i guess we were on again off again girlfriend at the time donna came in and and the balance is like probably like the most emo song I've probably written. And it had, it's a lot to yeah. do with my high school girlfriend and with, with my group of friends in high school. And then I, at the time I was in a, a poetry class that was um, like a LGBTQ kind of poetry class. Mm. And, um, I read this Judy Grand poem, A Woman is Talking to Death. It just blew me away. And so I had her say the poem over, and we actually done it live. And then I had her do it in the studio. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it. I remember too, like I came in out of recording the vocals because I think she actually did the, it was a different time where she like did the poem as I was singing. We like did it together. Yeah. And like, um, I remember coming in and I was like, Oh, I kind of screamed a little like, <laughs> um, on this. And I, is that a little too much, a little too awkward, you know? And, and they were like in the sound booth being like, no, like this is, um, keep it like, this is real. Yeah. You know, you capture and, the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, I mean, to me, like, I mean, you know, this, this yeah, those moments of just, I don't know. I'm, I'm now in my head going back thinking of all these moments of. Well, think you know, about how that translates to now, though, Dave. I mean, like, right. are you still doing that? I think so. I think that's um, what you're still trying to. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think so. Yeah. For, you know, I hope, I mean, I, the batch record is going to come out and it is what it's going to be. You know, it is, I do feel like it's a little more, um, like, uh, emotional for me, you know, mm -hmm. like it's this, like I did the, I did a song 
on my birthday last year. Um, there was this Barry Chopony song mm. that um, was just like, um, I told <laughs> Ben Davis and Jason Hammerker. I mean, I, I just told them, I was like, I'm going to go in the studio and I'm just, for my 50th birthday, I'm going to record a song. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. And they were both like, can we come? And I was like, okay. You know, I thought I was going to have to play drums and, and the song would have been much worse <laughs> if they hadn't come with me. And um, I, I had been so like, so I have like, I, I actually, so before that I had recorded three songs with Jonathan for Sleepy Time. Oh, in 2019, I showed up in Richmond. I went to the Avail reunion show, and then Jonathan and I went to the studio. We recorded these three songs. I'm like, let's do a Sleepy Time record. And I was like, because I am so angry. Like, 2016 to 2020, <laughs> I was angry. Well, yeah, weren't we all? <laughs> yes. And I was like, I need a release. And then I wrote, I also wrote, you know, we have like a Regents record basically ready to record too. And um, finally, it was seemed like, oh, finally I got into the studio and recorded this Buried Show Pony song. Um, and I just, it was so amazing just to let loose. And I remember Jonathan, like Ben, like sent Jonathan the record or sent it the song or I forget who, but like Jonathan was like, who is singing on this <laughs> or screaming on this? And I was like, it was me. And I was just like, I've, I have been so angry for like four years that I finally like, <laughs> like screamed the hell out of my, like this. And, um, so I don't know, like, yeah, I, I also feel like I kind of, I don't know, vocally on the new bats, like I just sort of am letting it go. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to try it. You know, I'm just going to, you know, be a little more out there, a little more like vulnerable, a little more like, you know, um, not what I would have done if this would have been, if we had finished this back in 2012 or whatever it was you know yeah so yeah i don't know but so yeah when when is that slated to kind of drop for all of us i know that so um al jacob is the guy he's engineering he's awesome and the warrior sound in north carolina he's just amazing and he's so he just finished up a metal record so we, <laughs> we did like we did some tracking and like rough mixes and then now he says he'll get back to mixing it this month and he wants to knock it out this month so and then i don't know it depends on brian it, so i'd love it it'll be on love it records so uh, yeah um, well so. big surprise there yeah, yeah exactly. everything i've ever done is on well i've done a few vermiform and then um yeah there was one kill rockstar seven inch but yeah yeah, but for the most yeah. part, everything's on Love It. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, I I, yeah. I can't say I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, I love Brian. He's the, awesome. The, what's not to love? And, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of incredible that Love It is still happening. Yeah, I know. You know, you know they, they just, 
They just put out like the so the the top album in Iceland. <laughs> like so, I don't know what how Brian like he just started going to Iceland a bunch, and so like this um I don't even remember the name of the record, but like he, he was like oh this record that I put out the last one I forget melancholy I don't know some artist in Iceland is like. She won the record of the year in oh, Iceland. Wow. <laughs> and it's on Love It. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I know. And that's so, yeah, you talked earlier about a record label that, like, you know, is with you, like, through their family, you know, like, it's just, you know, like, it's, you know, they don't, like, I told Brian, like, hey, I'm going to do this Barry Chopony song. And he's like, sure, I'll put it out. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, we've gone you know, so long together, like, you know, it's just, it's a, like, Im- imagine Frodis coming out with a record, not on love it. Like, oh, the, I know. Yeah. The, you know, there's just certain things that are constants. Like yes. if, as if Fugazi would put out a record, not on discord. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, there's a, a, a touch and go love it discord mm-hmm. like yeah. these if if it comes out on this label you're kind of guaranteed it's going to be good yeah or yeah. at or at least in line with your belief systems and oh yeah yeah maybe not for the rest of the world but definitely for our subculture if a band or you know an album Mm-hmm. Uh, is aligned with uh, a record label that we're invested in emotionally. <laughs> right. You're guaranteed you're going to enjoy yourself. Oh, I know. I, I mean, that's how I grew up. I was like, oh, Discord's putting out a new record? I'm going to get it. Exactly. Exa- well, like when Discord came out with the first six records box set, which we all waited way too long for because, <laughs> you know, nothing to do with Discord, more to do with Adele. Uh, right but you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean like yeah. we're always going to be built in you know? oh i know yeah exactly um it's it's a special and important thing that this constant be perpetuated exactly you know yeah. and and like if i were to go through your entire catalog even mm-hmm. though they're all vastly dissimilar bands yeah yeah the the there's a constant there too because it, it it all ascribes to the same thing okay like uh men's recovery project max colby mm-hmm. regents it's still all coming from the same kind of place so you're guaranteed to fall in line with the belief system behind whatever this was recorded under right yeah i mean i i, I... I mean, for us, it, yeah, it was never, it's, it is about, um, I don't know, it, like, this is us, this is, we're just going to put out music that expresses who we are and, and um, you know, have that energy. And, I mean, you know, there's, it, part of it is, it is interesting because it's like, um, you know, there's a goofiness to Men's Recovery Project, right? Yeah, but that was but a political move. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but there's but there's a I don't know. There it, it was this in a reaction too, you know, yeah. and um and for Rob Ross it was there was a goofiness mm-hmm. too, but there was also like it, it, it pushed was, it was it violent. Pushed, yeah, it was violent and also like it pushed me musically further than I'd ever been pushed before. You know, like and um you know, it was you know, we were we didn't want to do the the same thing, I guess, over and you know, we were listening to like Koenji from Japan, we were listening yeah. to the Stickmen from Philly, you know, mm-hmm. and like um just blown away blown away by them and like you know, like wanting to do something a little different. But then also there is like a like still want to connect, yeah. you know, and want to, yeah. you know, be this this scene isn't. I don't know. Like I, I'm, it's not like I'm. Like if I were to fight for anything, it would be like like a inclusivity of it, you know. Like and and yeah. it's a welcoming thing. Like I, you know, um, early on when I was a kid, like, you know, I, I, I wasn't like a popular kid, right? You yeah. know, um, and I kind of was like, oh, suddenly sort of realized like I'm just gonna hang out with the people that want to hang out with me, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm gonna, and then we're gonna form our own thing, and it's gonna be just as good if not better than what the popular kids have. And um, it's kind of interesting to see it all kind of come around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because it has, it, it has like, like these documents of your teenage years have legs and are still finding their way to the surface. Right. Like, like, like uh, I don't, I don't even have a metric to balance against that because like none of the bands I'd been in resonate with people the way the things that you'd done have, um, which is what it is. I don't want to be remembered for anything I was doing back then, (laughs) but, but in the same token, like these things you created as a young man have affected a a lot of people, like a lot of people. And it, it keeps well i mean that's not kind words that's just what uh-huh. is uh-huh. And, and and it it doesn't go away so to have that sort of like purview of 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 reality where you know i did this when i was fucking 16 and people are yeah. still listening to and talking about uh-huh. it that kind of puts a little pressure on you to continue to do something prescient <laughs> you know maybe, what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, like I, I maybe you don't feel it. Maybe yeah, you don't like feel I actually, it, Dave. Really, but but like, yeah, I, I think I would almost feel that. Like, oh god, oh. like how am I gonna live up to that? But you always sort of did, so it's oh. good for you. But <laughs> if it were me, I'd be skeeved out a little bit by it. Oh man, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I do. I. I um I do have a sense of 
like if I were gonna play a reunion of Sleepy Time, or somehow we figured out Max Colby or something like, like if I would do that, like I'd have to do it right. Yeah. So I do feel like a obligation, and then Sleepy Time has played reunions, and I'm like, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm laughing because like there was one time I was getting ready for a reunion, and I like threw my back out jumping around in the practice space <laughs> like <laughs> i was like so excited to be like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this yeah and then like <laughs> i was like limping home like <laughs> i'm back i'm back i'm not back yeah. oh my and god and then yeah the rest of like i was like okay i'm supposed to play this show on friday i'm just gonna play <laughs> sitting down and get ready for it um but yeah like but but i still like once we got to the show, like, uh, like I want to do it right. But then yeah. for going forward, like I, I, I want to push myself. Like I do want to, like, that's why I'm, I'm working on this record for my, for myself. That is all about, I'm calling, uh, well, I don't know if I should say, but um, it's I, called the wild. It's called the wild begins. Mm-hmm. And I am, I live on a, you know, we live on this farm and it's next to this state park, the Eno River State Park in North Carolina. And I go out into the woods all the time and my whole life has been this kind of, you know, I'm in therapy now. I'm like, I'm, I'm in, I've been in therapy a lot through my life and, you know, we all have suffered from... You know, if, and you know, for any for anybody, like it's a great thing to do, and I've had to go through it because you know I have suffered from anxiety and depression. I've talked about you know panic attacks. I've like suffered from all that stuff, but like I, you know, I've always found nature to be like healing to me. Mm-hmm. And so, but the one thing is like I I'm trying to open myself up to um, music being not just um, an emotional experience that um, I also could, that, that, that has like a cryptic nature to it. I also want it to be, you know, where I'm conveying something as well, which I, I think I have. Oh, I think yeah. it's been more like a like a there's a lot more vibe to it, I guess, in the conveying, you know, which works, but I, I, I disagree because you know, there there is, as I stated earlier, um mm-hmm. that certain sound, that certain something that mm-hmm. is intangible that's inherent to every band you were ever involved in because there is that uh, bent toward the maudlin and also right. the, 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 the political yeah. and, and the personal as the political yes. and, 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 uh, a general sense of dissatisfaction. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. very, very, very apparent right. and important. Yes. That's what makes it strike a chord, you know, because it, it takes a stand. It has an opinion, right? There's yeah, nothing guess, more yeah. boring than music that, doesn't stand for something that doesn't have an opinion like a definitive i stand on this side of things 
yeah I don't, I don't like that music i don't want that music that's the backstreet boys that's that's pop <laughs> you know and right, there's exactly, a time yeah. there's a time and place for that but i'm neither the time or the place for that i'm not yeah, that yeah. person yeah you so know that, yeah that's so good they you know i feel that's exactly what i'm trying to do and that's why i don't think that the, you know like the you mentioned like to you know like to worry about what has come before and to do something yeah that is as good or whatever like i it is like i can't do something that is bubblegum whatever you know like i can't like that's it like i have to do what comes out you yeah. know what i mean it's what and, chamber it's what chamberlain did it's what gorilla biscuits did you right know, everybody yeah took that experience in that form and made it their own and that's what yeah makes you know everybody from neurosis to fucking green day their own bands uh, right uh, they, they, yeah. they 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 took what they knew and and what they saw mm -hmm. from the punk rock thing and injected their personalities into it and what came out on the other side was honest no matter which form it had taken right right that's what i love about this Oh, I know. And me too. Like, and, and I, you know, like, you know, there's so many, like we talked about discord, there were so many disparate sounding bands on that. Soul side didn't even sound like they belonged there. Exactly. And Fidelity know? Jones. Yeah. I, I love that. Oh, you know, like shudder to think. I mean, I used to go see shudder to think all the time. And I mean, like, listen, they, uh, where yeah. are you going to get a band like the makeup? yeah exactly live from the I rhythm mean, hive is like what the yeah. fuck am i listening it's like yeah. soul punk go-go music like, exactly i know and i mean uh you know go-go came from dc and yeah. you know we would see you know the those bands play like there was a go-go band like with play with a veil yeah. you know like i yeah. would Rest in a veil, I would have to say, like, <laughs> you know, like before they moved to Richmond, before Tim was a singer, Brian was a singer, like, um, you know, like they would play with a go-go band, you know, mm -hmm. like, and that's all minor threats influenced. Like that's yeah. the way yeah. that shit happened. Exactly. Like yeah. Swizz played with fucking go-go bands, man. Yeah. Like that was a oh real thing. God. I was so disappointed. I never saw Swizz. I was a, I was about to see Swizz at Cedar Crest <sighs> skate park. You know, like the the half pipe, and my friend TW got hit in the head with a skateboard. No, <laughs> oh. oh. we, we had to leave. <laughs> and I was like, you know, of course I'm like, oh, I'll see Swizz again. Never. Yeah, but you didn't. Yeah, I, and yeah. and the thing is, like, like. Sean is such a, a, a mercurial front man. Yeah. You yeah. didn't know what you were going to get from him night to night, but man, what a fucking performer. Oh, I, I yeah. never, I never got to see Swizz either because I was just a little, little too young, but I'd yeah. seen, I'd seen Sean in other bands and every time like from the sweet belly air now, mm -hmm. Wow what a what a, a presence on oh stage uh, uh, like just yeah. uh, to exist on the same plane of existence as this guy while he does this music he was even yeah. in dag nasty yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i mean how 
I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, they, this you watch these people giving real performance. It wasn't like this, like, you know, my sister would take me to see metal bands when I was a kid. I yeah. love my sister. She's three years older than me. She introduced me to all this music. Um, but she took me to see Kicks, you know, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, you know, that's like a performance. And then, you know, there's, it's the same thing that goes back to the whole, like, oh, this is Judas Priest record versus Frankenchrist. Yeah. You know, like this, this record had a meaning. And there's people on stage giving you themselves, you know. And you listen to yeah. it and you realize yeah. that you can pick up an instrument and yes. become a part of this. Yes. Exactly. Where, whereas you're listening to Judas Priest and mm -hmm. KK Downing, you're not going to reach that level in a couple steps. Right. And, so, it, and that is almost plastic, in plastic, separated from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a table. Yeah. Where this, like you talked about, like, the people that were in those bands would hang out with you and talk to you and be like, you know, this is, you can be a part of this, you know? And, and you're at your age right now, you're still doing music that, that mm -hmm. invites that reciprocity and that yes. level of interaction where you can go and play a show and mm -hmm. some kid who's, who however old like let's let's call it 17 yeah go and see you play and still be like hey man this meant something to me and and they will get a response it won't just be like oh you want me to sign your ticket stub or right or, no yeah yeah it's not that yeah. it's yeah. it's something completely uh, like other it's it's the antithesis of that yeah that's what made this all so special for me. And I know that's what made it special for you. Oh, totally. Exactly. And to beleaguer the point and drive it home. I, I, I know I don't need to, but man, that that's what made, you know, sleepy time trio special to me. The Rob Ross, like men's recovery project, all of it. Um, I always had a connection to it. I always felt like I belonged in whatever room you were playing in. Oh, that's, that's so a sweet. That is one of the fucking, best. That's a big fucking deal for me, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. That is one of the best compliments I've ever heard. Like, because, you know, that's, yeah. Like, we want, I I wouldn't, we're, to be in that room and feel the energy of all these people that you feel connected is what I felt when I saw those bands that inspired me, you know, mm -hmm. like, and th if I can give that to other people, it's just a chain, you know, that I hope is never broken. You know, like my, my friend, like Tom who played drums and Max Colby, like he, he texted me and he was like, um, his daughter got a, um, uh, you know, a note from her friends and they had bought the Max Colby seven inch for her. Oh, wow. And they were like, do you know your dad was in an amazing band? <laughs> <laughs> she showed it to him. She was like, this, you were in this band. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> you know, like, and so to, that's amazing. Like he sent it to me and I was like, this is awesome. You know, like I'm, I don't say that to be like, like we were an amazing band, but I say that to be like, it is awesome that there is a connection that you feel like, cause when I found that I felt that I had, that you want, I, you I was want home. something. Yeah. You want something. Want something yeah. That I was home, that this is, you know, and in this life, you, you can't, you know, like, um, there's so, like, I love the fact that there are kids out there, like, I just heard the podcast the other day about kids who are throwing away their smartphones and, like, having, um, like, wonderful experiences and, like, they might have, like, flip phones or whatever, or like, you know, I think I forget it's like a New York Times podcast or whatever. And I was like, yeah. hell yeah, go make your own freaking life. Don't be because like people all the time will ask me, like, you know, who are other parents who like have screens for their kids. They'll ask me like, oh, you know, like, aren't you worried that, <laughs> you know, your kids won't catch up or whatever they won't, you know. And I'm like, hell no. Like no. they are you're when you hand them that thing you're you're saying like oh let's operate in this box you know what i mean yeah yeah you know like here here is the parameters of this phone or this ipad whatever and you want them to like be their creativity you you might get excited oh they can do this creativity but the creativity is defined by this object instead yeah. of this entire world or like whatever they can make is is let them loose into this you know like um but that's hard yeah you're right you're right (laughs) i i mean and and i'm a big proponent of allowing from like my son my daughter i was a lot more liberal with because i was younger but as right right as old dad it becomes increasingly more difficult for me to allow my son to go on his own journey and that's oh, self right. it's selfish as fuck i mean and also it, like i'm scared like of yeah uh, i'm scared it's fear yeah. it's fear yes yeah yeah totally but the more i allow him to strike out on his own the more returns i get just oh, yeah, with his exactly. own development so that tells right. me that my baser instincts are completely wrong yeah he's in (laughs) kindergarten now he's going to be in kindergarten next year um you know this kid has he's been a consistent surprise uh when he was born Mm -hmm. um they thought he was well they still believe he's on the autism spectrum uh Mm. he uh, he'd gotten tubes in his ears very recently oh, within the yeah. last year so he yeah. went from being nonverbal to verbose he uh, also went from uh not bothering with books to now he can read fluently fluently right. wow Say, amazing. legitimately the same as i'd been at that age i'd yeah. forgot i'd forgotten that i was nonverbal and uh my mm. parents had feared that i had uh some sort of learning disability or whatnot yeah, I was I was just bored. 
Yeah, my my parents were worried too, and my sister was like sticking up for me. She was like, "Oh, he, David doesn't talk, but he he knows everything." Like they were, she was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you like, communicate with the sister, not mom and dad. Exactly. Yeah. And and um, my my youngest is actually very like he can kind of he like flips back and forth between mm-hmm. very like quiet and shy and then all of a sudden he's very you know open with certain situations mm-hmm. and i have to remember not to be so afraid of that because my oldest was a little bit like that and then the same thing with reading too was like my oldest wasn't reading and then all of a sudden like i can't get him out of a book now like yeah he's, yeah, yeah you know and yeah i mean for all those parents like it's just you know you can't like you yeah, just gotta wait. You have yeah, to wait. Exactly. Don't don't be so. Fr- I mean, that's like, but it's so hard, you know. Yeah, I mean, but any but, any sort of like, I I have found that, you know, part of my journey through this parenthood thing is to is like, like I wouldn't have fun with them at the beach because I was so worried about them, you know. Yeah. So I've yeah. had to like let go of my like try to like let go of my anxiety around all this stuff, you know? And yeah, it's hard, you know, it's not easy. No. And, and, and like most of it comes down to just like, with the exception of allowing them to get themselves hurt, allowing, Mm -hmm. allowing for your children to go on their own journey. And, You know, maybe it's ego, maybe it's just overprotectiveness. I know that's more than likely what it is on my part. But allowing <laughs> yeah. this this yeah. little little man uh, uh, to, you know, explore the world. Yeah, exactly. you want to protect them. It's 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 almost a Darwinian imperative for us to uh, mm-hmm. allow for our bloodline to perpetuate. So we want to protect them, protect, protect, protect. Right. Right. Exactly the best part about being a parent and the most important part is allowing them to figure things out for themselves. Yes. It's the same thing with the music that we were doing and enjoying when we were yeah. kids in the eighties. Right. Yeah. Uh, if our parents didn't back off that little bit, mm-hmm. where would we be? I know you're right. Like, well, my parents were very like, <laughs> like a lot yeah, of mine things, too. So. Mine too. Yeah. They were very like, you know, felt like a latchkey kid, even though my mom was home. But like, yeah, like it was. Our, you know, we're, we're the last generation where mom was home. You and yeah. I had you and I had moms, at mm-hmm. least until my uh, I was a, a, a probably early teenager. My mom didn't have a job. Yeah, at all. My, yeah, my mom. She she taught horseback riding, but she was but she was home. You know, we had horses yeah. at home. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, and, and I think you know, there were years where it was before that happened anyway, where she, you know, like when my dad was in law school, you know, it was just kind of her, I remember those as being the pizza years because, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she does, my mom doesn't cook actually. No, my dad and, was the cook too. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so get funny. I get yeah, it. I get it. I'm, I'm the cook at home, not my wife. Oh wow! Well, same, I, same thing happening here. Yeah. yeah, I can't admit that because my wife actually she's Indian. I mean, mm-hmm. she was born here, but she's from India, and she makes 
amazing Indian food. <laughs> oh, you lucky bastard. I know. Yeah. And then my mother-in-law even like even more so like, so yeah, I'm very lucky. <laughs> and you, you would think like I'd be, it'd be an embarrassment of like, like uh, culinary riches in my house too, because my wife is black and grew up in the Dominican Republic. Oh, uh, uh, certain food, she'll do certain things, but 90% of the time I'm in the kitchen and <laughs> oh, I, I don't know how it worked out that way, but like father, like son, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Dominican Republic? Yes. Oh, yes. nice. Yes. I, I actually really love it there. I wish things were a little better there so I could take my son, but it's not quite uh, that way right now. Sadly. Oh, oh, I don't, uh, I don't know much about that. Like I, I know the, that I've heard like, oh, Haiti side is like, that's the problem problem. And then, yeah, then Dominican. Republic. Oh, so it's, it, it, it's the fact that, um, it's not the Haitian people. It's yeah. the, the element crossing over into the DR that are causing some right. heartaches. And, you know, there's, there's that element to every society. Yeah, exactly. You I, know mean, I, mean? I don't know if you saw that, that New York times did a whole big piece on, yeah, yeah. like Haiti having to, having to pay reparations to the slave holders. Yeah. Like to the, to France yeah. for, for having a revolution. Yeah. That's Fuck pathetic you. beyond yeah. words, but yeah. that, that's patriarchal. Yeah. Uh, just disgusting. Yeah. I can't believe it's still happening in this era. Yeah. It's not going to go away until, you know, we all decide to align with the people of color that are in our purview like yeah. we're not like 90 percent of us are not doing well yeah fi exactly. financially yeah. and and once we recognize that that's yeah. that's that's um uh an aspect of all of our life experiences mm -hmm. that's the only time we're all going to realize that racism is a moot state of being because we're all experiencing a level of impoverishment and a level of, of, of being other because that upper 2%, they're, yeah. their, they're their own thing. They're their own race, their own class, yeah. their own caste system. Yeah, yeah. We've been relegated to the same station in life. And mm -hmm. what, what drives me nuts is like, you know, working in a very blue collar uh, uh, vocation, Mm. As like I'd gone to school, I have my degree in literature, but I'm a plumber. Oh, wow. I'm I'm a union yeah. plumber. It sounds awesome, yeah. but I work around a lot of bigots and oh, right. you yeah. know people who are vote against their own self interests. And there there there's so much uh, inherent and and casual racism built yeah. into it, and 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 they they throw the they bandy these ideals around where like oh yeah well you know they get the free ride and I, I see them with their uh their uh food stamps buying steaks uh, and seafood yeah. you've never seen that man yeah i've never yeah, seen exactly. that none of us yeah, have yeah. that's that's a lie that some alt-right wackadoodle sold to you and you bought it and you you 
you know, repeat what they say. That's not the case. Yeah. I know what food stamps get you, and then and you're not going to blow them all on a steak. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I remember. Um, so we lived in Alabama for like a year and a half, and um, I had a Republican neighbor, mm. and I would go over to his house, and we would have beers, and we would just talk, and like we didn't agree on everything, a lot of things actually. But yeah. the one thing that he he was sensible, he was like, oh, um, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not going to do an Alabama accent, but he was like, <laughs> you know, I, I agree that healthcare should be universal because it just makes sense to for all of us to pay together. It just financially yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, you know, as the Hillary Trump thing came along, I was like, we on this, like you were just saying, you and your other plumber coworkers or whatever, or people, you know, and me and folks that I run around around town because I live on the edge of the blue bubble here in in North Carolina near Chapel yeah. Hill. But like the 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 we have more in common with each other. Yeah, and. Hillary Clinton and and Trump have more in common with each other than yeah. we have in common with them, you know? Yep, because so, they're privileged. They're privileged yeah. class, yeah. Why are we fighting? Because there's no, there's no need. Yeah. yeah. We could we could do so much better for every one of all of us. We could get we could get done 80% of of all the stuff we agree on you know, and make a better world. And, oh yeah, we, we take away the taxes or take money away from these people probably mm -hmm. just by a little bit, but they would never notice it. You never notice or, or we should take more away. I mean, I don't believe in billionaires. I don't believe in, you know, um, capitalism. I mean, I, I I'm don't not gonna, at all. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not working. I no, don't know what else to do. We're but, late, but we're late stage capitalism. We're watching yeah. it disintegrate in front of our eyes. Exactly. Like the, you know, like um, Greta Thunberg would say, you think this growth is going to last forever? Like, no. And, like she's, and she's right. And there are people in our scene and our luminaries from our scene who oh. shit all over her like it's their job. And these are grown ass men. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, are you. Like John Joseph, no what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, like what I mean, <laughs> this is it's not you think that like you it just astounds me that you think that this is sustainable. You know what I mean? It's, like it's, it's done. not when Amer when there was some statistic about like uh, Americans need like twelve Earths to yeah. like to sustain American lifestyle. Yeah. Like how are we going to, how is this working? You know, you know, we, I remember being, so speaking of Indigo girls in 1990, I went to go see the Indigo girls on the mall mm -hmm. in, in DC for earth day and Tracy Chapman played too. It was oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. It was just incredible. And Michael Stipe like was there and did, you know, um, you know, did kid fears with, 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 indigo girls and everything like it was just amazing mm -hmm. and um i remember driving away 
listening to NPR and they were talking about the rally and like all this. And I was like, you know what? Someday, if we don't do anything about this, I'm going to hear about all these natural disasters if we don't do anything, you know? And now cut to, you know, I don't know, a decade or more ago, like, you know, like, and all this stuff's happening now. I mean, it's, it's crazy to be like, you know, 30 some years later, like it's happening. And it's, and, and you guys were singing about it then. Yeah. We could have, it could have, we try. I mean, my wife and I have done, you know, we've been activists. Like she, you know, she's been, um, she really got me into like the living wage movement and stuff like that. And, um, so, and we were protests, you know, when, um, I mean, I was in front of the white house during the first Gulf war, um, getting, you know, uh, raided by the police. I was, Mm -hmm. You know, I was with, um, I went to Bush's ranch. I oh, camped out. Wow. Of, I camped outside of Bush's ranch in, um, in the second Gulf war. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, astounds me. It's just, yeah, it's, it's this greed. The one thing that is, that I get a little solace about is like the greed is, so um immediate like the the desire for all this stuff is just so apparent yeah so it shows itself so quickly so i feel like oh at least hopefully people will see like oh that these people are just in it for themselves yeah but how do we get past this minority rule that we have in our country it's i don't know it's yeah, uh, the, there's the only way to do it is to shine a light on it. That's my. Yeah. Own. That's the only thing that makes sense right. to me. Like, they are the few who command the many. They are the out of touch. Yes. That, you know that that old white money, that old white privilege money. Yeah. Right. That seems to still steer, you know the the entire course of our nation. Right. Uh, it just, it's why I loved what you did back in the day, why I loved hardcore in general back then. In yeah. Punk, because who else was speaking truth to power? Right. Yeah. Anyone? I, I mean, I can't think of anyone uh, precursor to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will, will rap too. Like, that's why I was so into conscious rap. But yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. That sort of, you know, like, there is another way, you know? And I think, yeah, like that if you keep, I mean, I hope to you keep offering this alternative, you mm-hmm. know, people will find it and realize that, yeah, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, we don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to be like the, I, am going to succumb to the mainstream, you know, because that's the only option. There is an option, you know, that, and that's the ultimate lesson, right? Like, yeah, there there is an option. And once people see it, 
recognize that you you can strike out on your own and become mm-hmm. you know like like something other than a number on a list of of potential votes for a, a, a plutocrat yeah yeah and you can uh, if you don't like what you see you can you can make it you, you can use this example and make it your own yeah yeah <laughs> i think with that my friend i yeah. um will wrap this up because we've been we've been going for a while i i, I don't know, know awesome. i don't know if i've ever had a rapport this seamless with anyone um, oh peter that's so sweet it, i mean i same thing too i think feel like we got so much in common yeah it's it's actually kind of scary but it's beautiful because yeah you know, we do come from the same places, the same fireballs, yeah. the same era. But yeah. fur- furthermore, you know, you didn't get jaded by time or, mm. or, or age or, or parenthood because uh, so many from our, you know, people, our contemporaries yeah. had been indoctrinated into a more conservative bent. Uh, dude probably to no fault of their own just just raising right. fam- families joining the workforce sure. and and yeah. and being convinced that people were other yeah that, totally yeah and there is yeah. no other there is just no. those who are oppressors and those who are oppressed yeah and even the i have to say like even the oppressors they're suffering and i'm mm-hmm. not trying to like let them off the hook quote unquote but i'm i am also they're a product of the system you know what i mean like if you were taught by your parents that you you need to do this Mm -hmm. and and not even taught just freaking treated like shit like i'm sure trump was treated like shit by his family or his dad or whatever like so what are you gonna do like and i mean i love it when people are who are kind of going down a path and they find a different way like malcolm x like he he was going down this path he really was uh, examining his whole life and he was like you know what i'm here in mecca and i'm praying to the same god that this these white people are next to me and you know, maybe Farrakhan's not right. Like maybe I'll, you know, like that. And I love that, you know, and, you know, and also to recognize the humanity in all of it, like what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. To break a paradigm and, and and to, you know, see the familiarity in something that you had once considered other is, is the most punk rock thing you can do. Yeah, and punk is cuddle to me, and and if yeah. you are like, hey, um, you want more love in the world, you want more compassion, mm-hmm. then you need to be that. Yeah, you know, like how do you get more love and compassion in the world if you are going to be not giving it out? You know, yeah. and I know that's hard to do. I know that a lot of people have suffered. You know, but I don't see another way. No, because doing the easy thing has never 
created change. It exactly. only it only yeah. creates like stagnance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I'll toe the line until I blink out of existence and what right. do I have at the end of the day? Just more of the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the antithesis of what you know the whole movement was when we got into it. Totally. That's yeah. what I get out of that's I punk rock isn't just the music that I got out of the era. It, it is the 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 ethos, the the um mm -hmm. the spirit of it. Yeah, and, and that's glossed yeah. over maybe now but not not for me. Yeah, and, and we're middle-aged dudes, but this has so much meaning to us. And, yeah. you know, it, it, all those people out there, I'm sure, who are, are feeling that same connection are going to take this to their graves, that they were part of something, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a wonderful thing. And, yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> that's a beautiful I could, go all, I could go all night but yeah. this is what's beautiful about the fact that yeah. you're still doing it still making yeah. music because you're creating an avenue for these young people to still hearken back to people from our era that were really we, we were trying to mm -hmm. be something else man the change the fact right. that someone of that ilk of that mindset of that era is still creating music that's important and vital and real carrying that message is still a beacon of hope for oh, these, these younger yeah. folks to yeah. latch on to. Yeah. Well, thanks Peter. <laughs> that's so well, good talking to you, man. Likewise. And we, we need to do this again. <laughs> oh, I don't do. Yeah. For certain, for certain. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what we all talked about, but it was great. <laughs> we, we we got through it all, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And if yeah, if I ever come are you in, you're in Philly? I'm in, I'm in Scranton. Oh, Scranton, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, cuz um Drew is in what is it, Chester or something? Yeah, Drew's in Chester. Yeah, where is where is Scranton? Scranton I know, I know. is is uh, about two hours north of Philadelphia and two and a half hours south of New York City. I am fully centralized gotcha. between right. the major cities of the East Coast. All right. Well, let's <laughs> hang out if I come up there. I'd love to meet your family. That'd be Absolutely. Awesome. That'd be great. Cool. All right. It's good talking to you, Peter. Likewise, brother. All right. Have a good one. Have a good you, night. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. There it is, y'all. Dave and I did the damn thing. And it was glorious. It was vast and expansive and well worth the price of admission. I hope you love this as much as I did. And I'm for certain going to have Dave back on probably closer to the release date of the new Bats and Mice record. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all stick around for the next episode. I'm doing two this week. I hope you love this as much as I do, or even half as much as I do. I hope you love everything Dave has to offer. I hope you're well. I hope your family's well. I'm hoping all of the best for all of you. That being said, 
He's been Dave. I've been Peter. You've been beautiful. And this has been the Book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast. 3.33 a.m. studios. Have a great night, everyone. Bye.